0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fashionless Talk with Epop Style Agency. I am your host, Sharonda Pope, and thank you for joining us. Okay, so tonight we're going to get into the dapper dance, finally speaking on the blackface that Gucci had. Um, His discussion at Macy's um, in celebration of Black History Month was a great idea, I feel, because it allowed a dialogue to happen that everybody was waiting for. Um, I don't know if everyone is familiar. I'm pretty sure they are. Gucci face and a lot of uh, high-end brands, for some reason, have featured a lot of blackface garments or uh, products in their collection um, this season. And one of them was a black face from Gucci, which was a turtleneck with a half black face with the red lips on. And it's very disrespectful to our culture. So um, we all stood up and we said something about it. Now, with that being said, a lot of people came for Dapper Dan because he has a partnership with Gucci, and they wanted to know his thoughts and his feelings on the blackface. Now, in the beginning, Dapper Dan made it quite clear that he's a black man first, and that he felt it was disrespectful to his culture, and stepped up and called for Gucci to explain it and fix it and apologize for it, and they did. And with that alone, I think um, our culture needs to really take the time and think about that. If Dapper Dan was not in a building to really speak for us on behalf of us, a lot of things would not have been taken in consideration. This blackface situation has been going on for many years with many other designers besides Gucci. Um, A lot of them do this. I think it's like a whistleblower. We mentioned that in our last podcast um, for them to make it clear to the people who are racist that they don't really design for us. But with Dapper Dan being part of the partnership with uh, Gucci um, tailoring department, he had a voice and with us. Being so proud, black people supporting and happy that Dapper Dan was partnering with Gucci, his voice meant something. Now, what I don't think that our culture takes the time out and realize that we have to stand behind our people at all times. It's bigger than just, um, oh, rock with them when they're good and they're getting popularity. You got to be with your peoples to the thick and the thin, through the happiness, through the controversies, that's what family is really all about. And this whole controversy really made me think about how our culture go about supporting each other. And I think that was the message that Dapper Dan passionately wanted to present on Wednesday discussion for Black History Month and celebrating the one-year Harlem Renaissance anniversary. So Dapper Dan had great people to set the tone off. One was the chief officer of Macy's Diversity Department. Um, The second was executive producer of Harlem Fashion um, Week and The next one was the moderator of the night, which was the founder of Harlem Fashion Row, which was Bernice, um, Brandice Daniels. So, um, they set the tone, um, speaking of all of the great African Americans who contribute to Harlem being this pot of black beauty um, fashion, culture, um, people, everything. Um, so they highlighted some of that and like the executive producer of Harlem Fashion Week, he highlighted, um, a gentleman and a woman who contribute, who were basically considered the fathers of Harlem by their contribution of purchasing properties, six properties in Harlem before it was like a, a black mecca um, station. Um, a gentleman bought six properties and it escorted black people to live there. A woman, um, would produce fashion shows and highlighted black designers there. Some of the black designers that have, um, dressed the, the Kennedys, um, dressed some other prominent people, but it was, it was beautiful to hear. And then Dapper Dan, Came up on the stage and he also was highlighting some of the African-Americans who paved the way for some of the most amazing things that are happening today, happen in the future. And it was just them and the backlashes that they all went through for being pioneers to starting rather it was Joe Jackson or the Harlem Globe? tried um, the basketball team or the first black woman who is the CEO of the Mavericks basketball team, he highlighted some amazing black people who helped pave the way for our culture. And at first, everyone was looking because Dapper Dan was very passionate that day when he set it off. You could tell he was disturbed by all of the backlashes that he was getting from hip hop artists like 50 Cent. Um, T.I., and all going against Mayweather because he's still rocking with Gucci. Now, just we'll touch base on that in a minute because that is a story within itself. And so he went into, back to Dapper Day, he went into all of Highlighting the Greats. And at first we was all trying to figure out like, okay, w- where is this going? Because he was very passionate and you could tell he was a little angry. Um, It was very intense when he was expressing these greats that have paved the way for us. And at first we was like, okay, where's he going with this? We get it. Um, And this is in celebration of Black History Month and um, the Hall of Renaissance. But then it started to click. It started to make sense. What Dapper Dan was doing was trying to make a point of, it's always a black person who helps set the tone in an industry to accept us as professional Black athletes, artists, designers, whatever. But it was always one person who set the tone, who was judged, who was considered, I guess, a coon or um, someone that wasn't for Black people or who wasn't making... White people respect us enough. What he was doing was trying to highlight that those same people that we see today as prominent black people was once considered or judged or suggested to step down from an energy uh, industry that we weren't really acknowledged in, but our black people felt leave them. Don't deal with them. Disown that market. And what I learned from that, what the point that Dapper Dan was trying to make, and I want to be clear with everything because I don't want to miss, I don't want to confuse his message with his anger or my personal anger. We as a black people, when things are good, We are all over it. We want to co-sign it. We want to be a part of it. We want to um, highlight it. We want credit. We want clout for being black, like the person who is getting all the praise at the moment. But what I observed is as soon as some type of controversy happens, and most of the time that have nothing to do with the African-American who is in that position, for some reason, we always try to put the pressure on them to leave, boycott, do this, do that. Make sure they respect us. But until you're really in that industry or in that situation, it's it's not really for us to dictate how a person should handle it. And that's what I got from Dapper Dan. He didn't actually say that, but that was the motive that I got. Like, it's so much bigger than us just fighting and walking away and and ending our deals with certain corporate America brands. It's about finding a strategic way to fight back and make them respect and acknowledge your culture. And that's what I observed from last night, that Dapper Dan was really trying to teach our culture a better way to fight for our rights, to be activists, but not lose, not hurt ourselves to prove a point. And just to touch base on that right there, you know, don't hurt yourself to prove a point to others. Um, That's where Dapper Dan Mine is. He's not trying to and opportunities that may benefit him and future designers and marketing directors and diversity officers at Gucci in the future. And if you can't understand that today, you definitely won't know how to appreciate it in the future. So a person who thinks like that, we you really don't even want to invest in their opinions because they can't see the big picture. Now, Davitin is not saying that oh, just let um, a Gucci do whatever they want and there's no repercussion. They shouldn't be any repercussion to their actions. No, he's saying yes. When these people make mistakes, when they start doing this dumb blackface stuff, yes, we speak up. Yes, we make it clear that we not going for that shit, but we got to find a way to keep ourselves in the door and find a way strategically to make them respect us. And not in a way where we just end everything. We walk away. No, find a way to make them learn about our culture and make them respect our culture by any means necessary. And when that whole discussion was over, I got it. I got it, and I was very proud, honestly, of Dapper Dan for keeping the root of who he is, an African black man born and raised in Harlem. He kept it so gangster with Gucci. He, when I say I can tell what that meaning was like, he went in the room and had Gucci come to his home in Harlem and sat them down and had a man-to-man Haul him to Italian. The struggle is real. Talk with the owners of Gucci. Now, for one, you got to think about it. They obviously have enough respect for Dapper Dan. Okay? For them to take a minute, take time out, and come down and sit with him. And make it quite clear that that was a mistake. Even if it wasn't. They still acknowledged him and respect him enough to sit down and hear his thoughts and his anger and how he felt and what he's up against. That you get points for because there's a lot of designers who truly, they don't give two fucks about us. And you know what? They kind of do have right. If, if, if an Asian designer is saying they only want to design for Asian markets or... Uh, Indian markets say they only want to design for Indian consumers. They all have the right. That's the part that people don't realize. You have a right to design for a specific market and, and target that market. So if Gucci said that that was a market that they didn't feel like catering to, you got to respect it. But that's not what they're saying. They, they Now that action was dead wrong. But their actions after and how they sat with Dapper Dan made it quite clear that that's not the direction that they're trying to go with. And they're willing to pay the price to make that clear to our culture. Now, a lot of people, they become very selfish and they only concern about themselves. But I can tell by the way Dapper Dan was feeling his energy he, he had all us on his back that night of that meeting with the owners of Gucci. And just knowing that alone makes me want to support him more because, let's be real, he doesn't owe us anything. He don't owe Harlem. He don't owe black people from Harlem. He don't owe black people from any other country continent borough or anything a motherfucking thing all he own is his family his kids his wife his grandkids that's the only people he owe an explanation to and to feel the pressure on his back why I say that is because I'm a Harlem native I'm born and raised in Harlem and I seen the rise and I seen the fall and the rise again and the fall again of Dapper Dan. And when you see the journey that this man. Have been on. The ups and downs. Nobody got right to dictate what he should do. On with his money or his partnership. Honestly. Nobody has right. That man. Been through some shit. And it's a handful of people. Who rode with him. Who supported him. Who guided him. and Not the amount of people. Who has so much dictation going on and suggestions? It amazes me, all these people who, when Gucci, yes, sued him and 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 made him close down his boutique in harlem and and made life hard for him. I didn't see all these black people putting in orders for a custom made de outfit. I didn't see and deputy and never left. He may went to Africa to get his mind right and find himself, but he held on to his brownstone and his family stayed in Harlem and they lived there forever. And I did not see all these people who got suggestions on how he should handle his money put up or put in an order for nothing, nothing. I remember my personal experience working for June Ambrose, who's a fashion designer, stylist, and she was producing. I forgot who she was styling for. I think it was Missy Elliott at that time. And she was preparing for a concert and she went to Dapper Dan. Now, mind you, I was interning at this time. I think I was like 21. And before that, I haven't heard or seen anything on Dapper Dan in years. So when I was sitting in the office at Jean, June Ambrose's office at the time, it was called Mod Squad. And she had this agency where she represented a lot of different fashion designers. And I remember sitting in the office and... um this man, she came in the office after letting him in the building. And this man walked in the office. And I, I, I did this. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to be quite real with you. Before she introduced him, I just saw a man come in the room. And I assumed he was a crackhead. By him being so similar. He wasn't dressed the way he dressed today. And I could cry when I think about it. Because I remember me saying. After she introduced him. As Dapper Dan. Like she literally walked in the room. And said. This. um, Introducing the legendary Dapper Dan. That's how I knew. Who he was. By how she introduced him. And I say all that to say is. He wasn't at his best it was the most struggling time of his life and it was a black woman a black young stylist from the bronx who still seen him as a legendary iconic fashion designer and it blew my mind the way he was looking So I I say all this to say not to, um, to embarrass him in any way, but I say all this to say is his journey wasn't easy. He had struggling moments like we all do. So to see him come from that moment where I thought he was a crackhead to where he is today, I'm giving that man his props for coming out From under the rock, or 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 the struggle in life, life struggle. He been through some things, and for him to be here today at this point in his life, at this age, after going through what he went through, you gotta give a man props for that. You gotta give a man props for that. There, I mean, his resilience is everything, and. That's all I remember, that's what I seen. So when I think about the man who walked in the office and June Ambrose introduced him as the legendary Dapper Dan and he looked at like a homeless person to me. To the man he is today, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I gotta give him props. I gotta give him props because everybody don't come out of a storm the way he did. Okay, he looked clean, sharp and was able to negotiate a whole new deal for his family. That's a Harlem fly motherfucker. If I could say so myself, that was inspiring to me. Like, you got to think about the whole picture of that. He was at the bottom. And like he said, the night of the event, it was times where he was bringing swatches and fabric on the train. And I'm pretty sure it was that day that he came down to 28th Street and Park Avenue at June Ambrose's office to Squad's um, studio with fabric on the train because he had no car. And like he said, his pride been gone. He was finding ways to stay humble. And keep hustling through his journey. So when 50 Cent and T.I. try to come for him and call him all types of coons. Honestly, they look more like the coons than he can ever be. Because it goes to show that they don't know how to master staying consistent. Supporting the black man. And that's what I learned through all this whole situation. We as a culture are very flip-floppity on who we support. We are really clout chasers. We like to throw that on other people, but we are clout chasers when we only rock with people. When white people support them. But if we depend on our own people to support us, that'll never happen. Like Dabodina said that night, it wasn't until the white people start giving him credit that the black people started acknowledging and saying, yeah, yeah, he is the man. But before that, everybody wasn't really acknowledging him like that. Everybody wasn't giving him the props that he deserved. when I say everybody, I mean black people, Harlem people. That's what I mean. Everybody in Harlem and every black person wasn't rooting for him. And that's who he's always rooting for. So it's, it's mind blowing when you see the demands that we try to place on him. As if we was there taking care of him. Before Gucci did this partnership with him. Fuck out of here. None of y'all was there. This man was struggling trying to keep his mortgage paid. Like he said, he couldn't even pay for gas. To keep heat in the brownstone. And y'all want to have a suggestion on how he should handle his money? Fuck out of here. I'm sorry. But as a black woman born and raised from Harlem. That's one thing that bothers me about our Harlem people. We are the biggest clout chasers. We only rock with people that got props. As soon as a controversy happens, as soon as nobody else liked them, Oh, that's when the in-house nigga comes out. And that's what I think black people don't realize. So, This discussion with Dapper Dan was so deep for me because it really showed me how our culture moves with our own people. Now, for 50 Cent, who is the biggest coon of them all, he don't rock with no black people. That's why he don't really have friends in the industry. Um, How dare you? How did you call anybody a coon and you are so angry at the world? Fuck out of here. Like, and then another thing that I want our culture and people to keep in mind, question everything. And this is something that Dapper Dan kept saying. He said, I want my grandkids and everybody around me to question everything. And that was the most beautiful message that he can give because he is not saying, listen, take everything I say for gold. No, just because I'm still dealing with um, Gucci just just brushing on the table. That's not what he's saying. He is saying, question everyone's motives, question everyone's actions, and don't not question it, because when we do question it, we get answers, we get the truth, and once you got the truth, it will motivate you to a clear path of honesty and empowerment. Honesty, and that's what Dapper Dan was really trying to make everyone understand when he was saying, question everything. Don't just sit and believe all, and go for all, and follow all trends. Question it. And what he meant by, when he said questioning, he meant question people's motives. What is everybody motivated by? And if you know me, that is my favorite thing. I'm always asking everybody from the time I was young, like literally seven years old. I would ask friends, what are you motivated by? Because if your actions don't match what you say you're motivated by, I'm going to question you like Dab said. So when he says question everything, he was talking about 50 cent T.I. and Floyd Mayweather beef going on. Now let's be real. It is a distraction. Why is it a distraction? Because These people are really not concerned about Gucci. They're not concerned about the blackface. They're not concerned about Dapper Dan or his partnership. The real beef is they don't like each other. Okay? T.I. and Floyd Mayweather had a fight and got beef over situations that happened two, three years ago with Tiny. So when T.I. wanted to boycott Gucci... Floyd Mayweather jumped in. Not only, let's be real, he was in trying to be supportive of Dapper Dan, most importantly, but also he was responding to his emotions of not liking T.I., okay? Just like 50 Cent, was responding to his emotion for not liking Floyd Mayweather. So let's be real. These are three men who are using the Gucci controversy situation to express their hate for each other. Now that's a problem for me because this situation with the blackface is so deep that we don't need anybody else's extra attitudes and issues on top of it, dripping all over it, distracting us from getting to the point and the message that needs to be heard. So that's why I really judge those three men because they're allowing their personal emotions towards each other to become a distraction with the whole Dapper Dan And Gucci, blackface situation. So, with that being said, they are the biggest coons of them all. Because that's what white people depend on. Us fighting each other in distraction of the bullshit that they subject us to. If they kill us, they hope there is some distraction that comes in for us to not focus on what the white people contribute or did wrong. So the message don't get made on them respecting us and the message of them apologizing don't get heard, because we so busy being distracted over dumb shit. And this is what Dapper Dan was trying to make clear. Don't get distracted. And question everything, question the motives. And like he said, social media wasn't out when he was doing his thing. He had to find many ways working 24 hours a day. He had 27 black people hired under his company working 24 hours a day to keep his factory going. And there wasn't no 50 cent or T.I. donating anything. Now, what Dapper Dan did say was when the money wasn't coming in before Gucci, there was Floyd Waymether, Mayweather, whatever his name is, um, investing in custom garments by Dapper Dan. It was rich men because T.I. wanted to acknowledge he's a seven-figure man who buys Gucci. Fuck out of here. Like, there's $40,000 people who rock Gucci. Okay? So, all of that, clout, clout chasing, distractions. We don't need all that. Let's stick to the point. Let's stick to the point and let's find a way to come together and make these brands respect us. Now, everybody got a suggestion. And another thing that Dapper Dan was saying. Everybody got opinion, but no real plan. How is it that everybody got so much opinion and so much suggestions, but no positive plan to back it up? Boom, bozzy, boom. B- B- Keisha got, oh, she should leave. You, you shouldn't even fuck with them no more. Okay, and I won't mess with them. You going to pay my bills? You got my mortgage for me? My kids going to college. I got grandkids. I got a legacy to fulfill. You going to put in some orders for some custom stuff for me and my family to live off of? I didn't think so. So nobody in their mama or their grandmama have right to dictate how Dapper Dan handles his deal with Gucci. Now, let's be real. When I say all that, that's just the facts. Nobody ain't got it right. But don't think that Deppa Dan went in there like on some coon the way they trying to describe him. He went in there like a true Harlem hustler. Now, if you are a true Harlem hustler, you understand what I'm saying. When opportunities occur, you have to be smart and wise enough to figure out how you going to handle a situation. And that is not by hurting yourself to prove a point to others. That's what we don't do. That's what we don't do. We don't hurt ourselves. We don't deprive ourselves. We don't starve ourselves to prove a point to you that we not having it. That ain't how a real Harlem person hustles. No, baby. And when Dapper Dan... Was going into what that meeting consist of? Oh, baby, I saw it. I saw it. I knew Gucci knew. Oh, they had to put up some money. Okay, I know the way Dapper Dan spoke. That Gucci knew. We gotta dance, and Harlem. Might understand when we say you got to dance, that means you got to put up some money. You got to dance for me. Okay. I ain't your little nigga and I ain't your coon. And whatever dance steps you felt that I was supposed to have, I'm expecting you to dance. Dance, bitch. And he was able to, taking advantage of the moment, being wise, being smart, being the true hustler that he is. It was negotiation time. And that's how a true strategic boss handles business. You don't start calling people motherfuckers, calling them coons, quitting, um, having a tantrum. And then see me and respect. You don't do all that. You don't do that. What you do is move like a mature business person and you figure out what is at need and you negotiate that. And that's what Dapper Dan did. And that's what I want when it comes to somebody speaking for us and representing us. I want somebody smart, intelligent, wise, and passionate. And most importantly, someone who really loves us to fight for us to negotiate for us, to demand respect for us. And that's what Dapper Dan did. Never. I've been in this fashion industry for 20-something years, and I have never heard of an African-American working at Gucci in the high in or corporate America departments, running things, dictating, suggesting anything. So, because of Dapper Dan's presence and partnership at Gucci, he was able to negotiate a way where diversity will be noticed in Gucci offices, corporate America, on many different levels, not only as a designer but diversity officers. There are still companies, big corporations that have no diversity officers. It was very beautiful to see one at Macy's headlining, speaking, and producing Black History Month events. It was so important and needed. So when you see moments like that, You understand how much it's needed in corporate America. And that was an opportunity that was never available to black people and Gucci. And if Gucci started off, which is a huge, big brand, it pays the way for other big corporation brands to acknowledge why it's necessary. It's easy for us to talk. We've been talking about this for years. There needs to be more diversity. There needs to be more black people in the corporate offices. We need more black people in marketing. We've been saying that for years. They have not paid attention. It took this situation for it to even be considered for Gucci. So I'm proud of that. I'm very proud of that. Somebody who's been in the fashion industry for years. I'm very, very proud of that. And I'm proud of Dapper Dan for presenting that opportunity for generations to come who, let's be real. They are not going to give him the credit. Because people are, black people are flippity floppy. Okay. And y'all want to suggest he quit his deal? Fuck out of here. And I say that and I don't curse on his blog. But I want everyone to understand how serious it is that, like Dan said, question everything. Question the motives of the people who tried to label him as a coon. Question 50 said, Question T.I. Question where their anger really comes from. And it ain't about Gucci. Their fight and their music and their their new songs being played have nothing to do with them really supporting black people. Because if, if it was, they would have called Dapper Dan personally. (laughs) Called him up and said. What do you want us to do? Because we behind you. That's what supportive black people do. You call directly who has an opportunity or a voice to be heard, which was Dapper Dan. He's in the building. Okay. No, he wasn't on the board at the time when that turtleneck was being made. That had nothing to do with him. So it, it, it just bothers me that. Black people like to pick on the black person. I don't see T.I., 50 Cent, and all of them um, calling that white man a pig who own Gucci. And, and, and it made me think, this is something I was thinking about also with the Meek Mill situation. And y'all may judge me for this, but this is something I observed even with that situation. When black people... Want to make a point about something, we don't go as hard boycotting the white people who do the same thing like we do boycotting the black people. Now, for example, I didn't see 50 Cent go on the guy uh, who is the owner or Selma Hayek or her husband. On his personal Instagram page calling him all types of pigs. They only did it to Dapper Dan knowing he has no ownership of the whole corporation. Only the tailored stuff that he makes. But you wanted to pick and post and put up a picture of him but not the other real owners. And it reminded me of the Meek Mill situation. Now... I'm not saying that judge was proper and I'm not saying the judge who um, gave him a two-year locked up for when he got a job. I'm not saying she was right or she was innocent. She was perfect. What I am saying is I didn't see Meek Mill or everyone going hard for the white judges that locked him up before. I don't see them going against the white people who prosecuted him as hard as he went against the white, the black woman. And that's something I, I realized. Like we go against each other so hard, but don't apply that same energy to the white people who come for us. It, it, that's what I observed. So when I see how hard we go against our own, but don't have that same energy for the white people, that's the flip-floppity shit that I talk about how we go about supporting people. I don't need nobody riding for me who's flip-floppity. I'ma need you to ride with me like a marriage through thick and thin, through death do us part, rich and poor, happy and good, popular, and and a disaster. I need you to rock with me through all. And that ain't black people. That ain't us. So, it was deep for me attending that. And I know I needed to attend it because I needed to hear Dapper Dan's motives. I needed to hear what happened. What's really going on. And um, he answered it. So, the moral of the story is Dapper Dan decided to stay. With Gucci and continue his partnership with Gucci, and his partnership consists of whatever they remake that they also judge Dapper Dan from the eighties, because they going to continue to repeat his collection. Okay, they like they did on um one of his coats he get a percentage of that worldwide and any custom designs that he make using Gucci fabric, he gets a hundred percent ownership. But what people did not realize that he also had part of his agreement is his own Dapper Dan line. Now, I don't see anybody else offering Dapper Dan his own clothing line. And let that man live. Because, like he mentioned, this is not something that only Dapper Dan is going through. Mark Jacob went through it. All, all big designer Carl Lockerfeller. When you represent another fashion brand, you're doing it to introduce your style of design. So whatever collaboration he worked with representing just Gucci, it is paving the way and, and, escorting him into a market where he has his own clothing line and I'm for it and I want it. So the moral the story is we need to be patient and supportive of Dapper Dan, Dapper Dan, it's not about Gucci. Is about allowing Dapper Dan to continue his legacy the way it was supposed to be. He is an older man. He have paved the way and invested years. I'm talking almost 50 years trying to keep the black power culture style alive. But if we boycott him and if we don't highlight him and, and make sure that he has of value in the fashion industry, in our culture, we will mess up his opportunity for showcasing Dapper Dan line. Just like Marc Jacob showcased his line after working for Louis Vuitton for many years. That's what it's about. Let that man be great and stop knocking him and stop trying to stump his growth. That's what we do. We stump his grow, Even when the, the white people try to stop him, they laugh at us. They want it to be this way. They want to not, they want to have an excuse to not allow him to be successful. So if we keep going against him and we don't support him going through with his deal so he can start his own line, which will be a partnership through Gucci, because they got the money to pay for it. I ain't seen nobody else. From the black culture putting up no money for a dapper a day in line. So sh- shut up. Hush up. And let that man be great, just like Mark Jacobs, just like Carl Rockefeller, just like um a homeboy who's now the designer for Louis Vuitton. Virgil. Let them be great. Being creative directors and designers for Pacific brands as they get exposure for their own is deeper than a lot of people will understand. And he is a veteran and he is legendary. And honestly, he's at the end of his journey. So people were just starting it and just getting out there. Get out of here. Your opinion does not matter because you don't even have the knowledge or the wisdom to know how to take this further in life. And until you do, I'ma need everyone to be quiet and let the legendary Dapper Dan do what he do because his journey was long and you gotta respect it. And anything he say and do, I'ma ride with him because I get it, I get it. It's bigger than just walking away trying to prove a point. He done did that on so many levels. And honestly, our people showed him that they weren't really backing him up. And and he's still riding for us. But it was the black people who was not putting in them orders. And he's still riding for us. It wasn't Harlem who was keeping his legacy alive. And he still want to be in Harlem. Like, if that is not a confirmation of what he stand for, I really don't know what to give y'all motherfuckers. Like, honestly, would he got to die for y'all to, like, acknowledge his journey and, and, and his love for y'all? The fuck out of We got to be this for then, then, then you want to give him props. Then you want to say, oh, he was the greatest designer of all time. Bullshit. He was the greatest designer when he started. He was the greatest designer when y'all wasn't fucking with him. He was the greatest designer now. And he's going to be the greatest designer forever in history books. So if you don't want to rock with him now, get out of here and don't ever come back. Honestly. And let that man be great for his kids and his family and empower those who want to be empowered. Some people just want to be complaining in-house niggas. And I'm sorry. And I'm going to say it. Some people prefer to be that. They think it's a trend, a cool trend to go against their black people and kick them when they down. I think y'all the biggest clowns of them all. And like I said, I'm not allowing nobody who's richer than me who don't even have the wisdom to take me further in life guide me on blackballing anybody that I respect. I'm sorry. T.I., 50 Cent, Floyd Mayweather is for him, but even him. None of y'all are that powerful to change my opinion on who I consider the great. So I say all this to say, Be consistent. Like Dapper Dan said, question everything. Question everyone's motives. And most importantly, find strategic ways to get your point across. Don't hurt yourself trying to prove a point to somebody else. Let the message be heard. Let the point be understood. And that's the end of my talk show. (laughs) Well, it's not a talk show. But the blog, um, I went past a long time, but I was very passionate about this. And you can go on Fashion Let's Talk blog to see all the videos. Don't take my word for it. I'm gonna highlight the videos and some of the most important parts on our um, blog. And you can see exactly what I was talking about. And come on my Facebook, come on my Instagram. Let me know your thoughts in the comments. I would appreciate it. I want to hear what you got to say. And you know me. I go back and forth. I talk. I respond. I comment back. I like. Um, But I want to know what you think. And I want to know your feelings. Because this was deep. And this was big in the fashion week. So thanks again, guys, for um, listening and all the people. If you have any questions, let me know. I would definitely answer them. Um, if you have a message you want to get into, let me know what's your thoughts. And I don't know if I want to hear your suggestions, <laughs> but I want to hear your thoughts and how you feel about this podcast. Um, was it informative enough? Did you get all the information? If it's more information you want, let me know and I'll hit you up with it. But I thank you guys for listening in and following us and stay in focus, stay in tune, with Fashionless Talk with Epop Style Radio Agency. (laughs) Um, I am your host, Sharonda, and I thank you. Bye, guys.